A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Galatians. Brothers and sisters, through the law, I died to the law, that I might live for God. I've been crucified with Christ, yet I live. No longer I, but Christ lives in me. In so far as I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who has loved me and given himself up for me. The word of the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord. Blessed are you who fear the Lord, who walk in his ways. For you shall eat the fruit of your handiwork. Blessed shall you be and favored. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the recess of your home. Your children like olive plants around your table. Behold, thus is the man blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Dominus Fobiscum, Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Moteum, Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? Or what can one give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in his Father's glory, and then he will repay each one according to his conduct. Verbum Domini. Amen. 
The cross of our Savior, Jesus Christ, is still the greatest contradiction in the world, still to this day. The greatest paradox that ever happened. How can such good, how can such salvation come from an instrument of torture? in the cross. Only in faith can we access the meaning of the cross, not just in mere human knowledge, but divine knowledge, the knowledge that God wants to give us. The Lord Jesus said, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. And he still continues to do this. He still continues to draw all people to himself. The cross of Jesus that was planted at Mount Calvary in the city of Jerusalem is still being planted now, still, in hearts and souls throughout the world. And with faith, his cross is still being lifted up from the earth by people who, with faith, hope, and love, carry the cross. Faith is what gives access to the meaning of the cross. The shadow of the cross appears when, whenever human trial, anguish, and suffering enter into our lives. He carried that heavy cross so that we might not carry it alone. Never alone. But he carries that cross with us. And you might even say in us, through us, as Christians. It is no longer my life that I live, but Christ's life who lives within me. Anyone who has ever tasted in their own life the cross of Christ knows this to be true, that Christ's life lives in us, in the Christian. That cross crushed him on the way to Calvary many times over, so much so that he fell crushed. Only a Christian can gaze upon the cross and see victory in the cross. Not a man who has been conquered and defeated, but in the cross we see victory. Without faith, the cross is just a mere instrument of torture. But with faith in our own lives, we see that the cross can be planted in our hearts and within our souls, and that we are never alone. Again, with faith, we can see that that's not defeat, but that's victory. That's not the end of the story. That's not the last chapter. Salvation 
resurrection is the last chapter. What God desires us to participate in. And St. John Paul II even would say something like this, that along the way, we have glimmers of the resurrection, not the full sight of the resurrection, but we have glimmers of it, glimmers of hope, even within the trials of life. Pope St. John Paul II said in his encyclical on the Christian meaning of human suffering, precisely by means of his cross, he must strike at the roots of evil planted in the history of man and in human souls. Precisely by means of his cross, he must accomplish the work of salvation. He goes right to the root. Just as through a tree, sin entered into this world through disobedience, through grabbing, through clutching off a tree and disobedience and not following God's command and grabbing the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil and clutching and wanting, wanting to know and to taste what God said was forbidden, so too it's in the cross, it's in the tree, it's in wood, that we are saved. The Savior goes precisely back to the beginning, where disobedience enters into the picture. And it's by obedience that he desires to save. Most of all, Jesus' obedience to the Father but our obedience too, our obedience to his commands, to following his way of life, to following the commandments by loving God and loving neighbor. And secondarily, by Our Lady's obedience, by the Blessed Mother's obedience to her son in obedience by her saying yes, by her fiat, by her saying yes to the angel, the word was made flesh in her womb. There is no human creature that has ever been so obedient than the Virgin Mother of God. And we ask her for an insight this day into the reality of the cross. Because wherever the cross is planted, she is planted to. She's never divorced from the cross, from her son. She is always there. And we can always be confident that she is walking and that she is standing. Even John Paul II said in his letter, Ecclesia de Eucharistia, his letter on the Eucharist, that the sweetness of Mary 
the smell of Mary is present in the Eucharistic sacrifice. It's present at every Mass, so that when Mass is offered, Mary is there too. Why? Because it's Calvary. Because it's the representation of Calvary in an unbloody manner on the altar. And that where Jesus is, where, her, where the Son of God is, his mother is there also. She's never divorced from her son. She's always there. In good times and in bad, in sickness and in health. She travels along the way of salvation. Life with, with Christ does not end with the cross, but God willing, eternal life with God in heaven. That should always be in our minds when the cross appears in our lives, the shadow of the cross, that is. The two beams of Christ's cross, both vertical and horizontal, are where heaven meet, God and man. In the cross, we encounter the crossroads of mankind, right in the middle of the cross. That's where everybody meets, ultimately. That's where the God-man is pinned on the cross. And it's on the cross that each one of us meet. We meet the God-man, but also one another. They're the crossroads of mankind. The God-man Jesus meets each one of us on that cross. And it's only in the cross that each of us, as Christ's disciples, find purpose and meaning in our own personal struggles and personal pain. God redeems suffering. That the in, even an instrument of torture is redeemed by the blood of Christ, by his precious blood. Suffering is power, powerful, can be redeemed. And at one point, or another in our lives, for all of us, suffering will come upon us. Suffering still is the most common denominator in everybody's life. In every time, in every place, in every culture, in all the world, we cannot hide from it. And for the Christian, the cross is not the symbol of death, but again, the tree of life, made holy by the blood of Christ a tree that eternal life continues to flow into the world and quite literally, again, be planted in our lives. Whenever any trial comes your way, look at the cross as being planted within your life. Not, ju not just something that was planted how many thousand miles away in Calvary, in Jerusalem, but something that God wants to literally plant within your own soul. That gives meaning and purpose to anything that we might go through in life. 
whether it might be bodily suffering, whether it might be emotional pain, psychological pain, spiritual pain. The cross gives meaning and value to, to that when united to Jesus. Today's saint, Saint Pio of Pietrelcina, was like Saint Francis. I have a relic of his. You have to imagine Saint Padre Pio um, had the sacred stigmata, and for 50 years he literally had the wounds of Jesus, and he bled hands and feet, and side. And so as the friars would take care of him, they didn't just throw out these things. They didn't just throw out his sacred bandages that had his blood on it, but they kept it through the years. And thanks be to God, I was able to ask for one when I was in San Giovanni Rotundo back in 2014, and they gave me one. And I've been able to share it with you all and people that come in to ask for prayer for almost all of my priesthood now I've had this. It's probably one of my greatest gifts, I say. I have many relics, but I think this is one of my favorites because I see how people react to him. I see how people are still drawn to him and touched by his life. And he is, his life is a reminder to our times that the cross of Jesus is still relevant to us. That it's not just something of the past, but it's something that's very relevant and very fresh. The blood of Jesus is indeed still fresh. Padre Pio's blood is dry even on this piece of bandage, there is a, a spot of blood on this bandage, but his blood is dry. The blood of Jesus is not dry. The blood of Jesus is eternally fresh. We can access the blood of Jesus in the sacraments most of all, especially in the Holy Eucharist. Padre Pio was a reminder for all of those who witnessed him celebrate the holy sacrifice of the Mass, and that Calvary was being made present in our midst. He said that the earth could exist more easily without the sun than without the holy sacrifice of the Mass. The earth could exist more without the sun than without the holy sacrifice of the Mass. If we only knew how God regards this sacrifice, we would risk our lives to be present at one single Mass. That's what Padre Pio says. One single Mass. Thought I would share just a few quotes from Padre Pio, look at it as some spiritual direction for today. These are his words. Today's society does not pray. That is why it's falling apart. 
Prayer is the best weapon we possess, the key that opens the heart of God. A thousand years of enjoying human glory is not worth even an hour spent sweetly communing with Jesus in the most blessed sacrament. My past, O Lord, to your mercy, my present to your love, my future to your providence. Think about that in your own life. What is done is done. Your past, your sins. That's the mercy of God. Hopefully, you've made a good confession and you've turned over your life to God and you've repented from what you've done in your past, whatever it may be in your past. Seek out a priest in the sacrament of penance and to make a good confession and to get out all of the gunk. Get it out. Padre Pio had the gift of reading souls but some would say, when I was in San Giovanni Rotundo, I was told this, some would say that he had the, the gift of being able to smell eternal hellfire in somebody's soul. That's why he would say, get away from me. Not that he was a gruff man, not that he was some kind of mean priest. He was a very joyful priest, actually. But when people would approach with unrepentant sin, with sin that they were not willing to confess, he would say, get away from me. He knew not to scare you. But on the flip side, he would be able to smell eternal life, grace, repentance. And that smells far more beautiful, far more beautiful than eternal hellfire. Let us ask Padre Pio to help us when we approach the sacrament of penance to realize that when we confess our sins, they are buried in God's mercy, buried in his forgiveness. Even though they may torture us and come to our minds throughout our lives, we don't have uh, forgetfulness. We remember, unfortunately. But when we confess our sins, they are forgotten, they are buried. They're done. They're annihilated. In the present that we live in his love, and the future, we don't have the future right now. All we have is right now. The future we leave to God's providence. And we trust that God will be present there with us. I bless you with the relic of St. Padre Pio, through the intercession of St. Padre Pio. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may he turn his face to you and be merciful to you. May he show you his kindness and give you his peace.
And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Go in peace.